Well, babe, we did it. We wrote a book. Yeah, man, it's it's actually surreal to even think about uh, that we wrote a book, had a baby, got married, not necessarily in that order. <laughs> <laughs> but the book is now available yeah. for pre-order, and we're so excited to share it with you. Oh, so looking forward to getting this book into your hands, to be in dialogue and conversation with all of you as we continue to liberate love from old imprints and codependent dynamics that keep us small, stuck, and stagnant. Yeah, you know, no matter your relationship status, this book walks you through what shaped you, why do you do what you do in relationship. It dives deep into your relationship blueprint, attachment styles, and most importantly, which is different than every other book that's ever covered codependency in the past, we explore the role of the nervous system in that. And the book is called Liberated Love. Yeah. Release your codependent patterns and create the love you desire. Go to createthelove.com slash liberated love to order your copy now. That's createthelove.com slash liberated love and get that pre-order in and you'll be able to get a free download of a meditation we created and a workbook that goes along with it. Much love and appreciation for your support. Much love. Thank you. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Mark Groves podcast. You know, we don't often take a moment to just arrive, to be still. And when I say arrive, I mean like literally arrive in this moment. Uh, We're always living this moment eager to get to the next. And that doesn't allow us to be present. So I invite you as I invite myself to just stop for a second, wherever this is playing in your headphones or in the speaker of your car, just to take a deep breath through your nose. Uh, and exhale through your mouth. And really take that moment to just acknowledge yourself, to have admiration for yourself. You know, the very act of listening to a podcast, regardless of what the subject is, is actually prioritizing your learning, your expansion. It doesn't even have to be a personal growth podcast. Like just taking the time to press play is an act of self-love. That that is exactly what you're doing as you're listening to this. That you care about yourself, that you're expanding yourself. And I mean, this podcast specifically is about how to relate better, how to get better at that, how to become better in that arena. And not just our relationships to other people, but as you know, through the podcast, like really exploring how all of those are reflections and mirrors to the relationship you have with you. And so I want to invite you to just find a space of gratitude and being proud of yourself for showing up. And I've found that the more we practice being present, the slower time moves. You know, we think about work when you're like really busy at a shift or at work, time flies, you know, and we kind of like that. But it's amazing how in that perspective, which I've certainly had, we don't, we, we are like losing the very thing that we can't get back. And we're happy it went by quickly. And it shows you, and I get it, right? Because from a survival perspective, we have to do certain jobs we don't like necessarily. 
or they're like a stepping stone to another, or we're using that job as an investment into our future and our passions. But that that time, we don't love so much that we actually hope it goes by quickly. So this is an invitation to slow it down, you know, to remember to turn the speed back down. You know, this aspect of health, this aspect of, like, what does it mean to have health, to pursue health? And I've been wanting to have this conversation for a while with Jim Curtis, who's the head of brand at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, IIN, you might know it by. And I've really had a lot of admiration for this program. I, I know so many graduates of IIN, and they all speak so highly of the program. And they're all honestly super fans of the program. I've not heard a single graduate speak poorly about the program, and that says so much about it because it has been around for 30 years. It's the 30-year anniversary of IIN, which is nuts. And, you know, they have over 95 of the world's leading experts in holistic health and wellness, renowned doctors, researchers, speakers, authors, and I'm honored to say that I am now one of those teachers. And I mean, that means a lot to me because it's a program that I have so much reverence for. And I wanted to bring Jim on to talk more about it. And, you know, this IIN in its sort of core ethos is about playing a crucial role in improving the health and happiness of the planet by creating this ripple effect that transforms the world, you know, by training one health coach at a time. And those health coaches go out and work with their clients and help shift them. And so if this resonates with you at all, in honor of its 30-year anniversary, IIN actually lowered its tuition price. So in a world where everything is getting more expensive, it has gotten cheaper, which is incredible to bring so much value. And also, if you mention my name, you get 25% off, which is 1500 bucks off, and you also get lifetime access to the course. And so if this is of any interest to you, you can just go to the link in the show notes, and it takes you to a free sample class to give you a taste of what the coaching program's like. And I believe it starts on April 25th. So just a heads up on that. And uh, what I love about IIN is when I was a pharmaceutical rep, I and I was that for 14 years, if you didn't, if you weren't aware of that, I started to study relationships and I realized how much that was impacting our health. And IIN really focuses on how to nourish, how to heal and how to thrive in all aspects of your life and really integrating the science and the spiritual and how to tap into your innate wisdom, the innate wisdom of the body to transform all the facets of your health and then help, you know, help find and help you find purpose to transform your career. You know, this is when I was in that world, like really recognizing how much our health was actually about all these other things and how much allopathic medicine was missing out on so much of this holistic, more functional perspective. And obviously that shift is occurring and IIN has been a huge part of that shift. So it can help establish a coaching framework, which, of course, when we're looking to coach and be health coaches or relationship coaches, all those types of things, a coaching framework is so important. And we learn how to adapt our language to it. 
And so if this sounds like a fit for you, you graduate with all the tangible info, a transformational plan, and also, most importantly, a business plan. So with all that said, I was really honored to be able to chat with Jim Curtis today and ask him some questions about the program and about their perspective on health and life and what are some of the most impactful things that they explore that can help shift our lives in terms of health, happiness, and flourishing. Hello and welcome. I today am honored to have IIN's Jim Curtis. Welcome to the podcast, sir. Thank you. So good to be here. You know, I've been a longtime fan of the work that you've put out into the world and uh, the program, IIN itself. And, you know, I had the honor of being part of it and, and teaching a section of it. And so, you know, I always reiterate that every single person I know who is a graduate from IIN is an awesome human and was enriched by the experience. So I wanted to uh, get to the core of like, okay, what's this guy doing over there? What are they doing as a group? Because it's clearly transformational. Yeah, I love this community, you know, and um, I was not surprised at all once I found you and connected with you to know that we had mutual friends from IIN, you know? Right. Yeah, with Jenny Sansusi and then other people in your life. So I was not surprised at all because typically, you know, it, it attracts it, it attracts an incredible community. So it was um, it was great connecting through that. Yeah, and Jenny was on the podcast too, talking about her work, which was uh, so incredible. And I, yeah, I'm I curious, like, one. what's yeah, I'm curious, what's the like, what's the origin story? Like, how does one come about <laughs> creating this sort of pathway or funnel or journey or what, what might it be called? I don't even know. Like, exploratory deep dive of understanding. It's interesting because it has grown over 30 years. So the origin story was with um, this man, Joshua Rosenthal, who, who actually founded IAN 30 years ago. And he was, in particular, um, coaching people in functional nutrition very early on. And this is 30 years ago before, like, functional medicine and functional nutrition was very fringe. Yeah, that yeah. would have been an edge. That would have been an edge. They're like, hey, are you taking that quack program? Exactly. Yeah. Macro foods, microbiotics. <laughs> uh, what is that? that is so, this economics? And they just said the wrong thing? <laughs> <laughs> so he, he explains it as such. You know, he was doing all this crazy stuff with how to eat and had this idea that food changes everything. And he was meeting with people that um, couldn't get any results from their doctors and that were going and putting them on different medications and they were overweight and depressed and sick. And he was just basically getting them to change the way that they ate. And he was having better outcomes. And more and more people were coming to him. He became kind of well-known for this. And he, more and more people come to him. At the same time, he is traveling to India and he is furthering his own knowledge and growth through these retreats in India. And he's, and he's, he's now gone multiple times and spent quite a bit of time in India doing different things. Um, meditation retreats, silent retreats, learning the different, um, spiritual components. Um, and he starts to say, how do I create this integrative approach that allows people to recognize that they can become well outside of this general healthcare system 
and heal themselves by themselves. And before that, like holistic and integrative, there wasn't being used. It's kind of, we pioneered that. (laughs) Right. So it's like, okay, how do we do that? So we created this kind of method that identified these foods. And what was interesting is they weren't food that you put on your plate. Everybody thinks it's a nutrition course, but these foods are the things that nourish, heal, and make you thrive. And those are relationships, love in your life, connection to a higher power, a career that gives you purpose. And once you have that stuff lined up, and at least an understanding or the work is being done there, you're in a place where you probably don't want to eat Twinkies and McDonald's every day. Right. Right? You can start to think about, oh, I'm feeling so good. I want my body to feel just as good. Where the inverse is, you know, you can drink as much green juice as you want if you're stressed out, anxious with terrible relationships and a job that you hate. You know, it's going to do nothing for you. Yeah. There's no amount of kale to rescue you from a toxic environment or toxic (laughs) choices. So that's the origin story. So uh, he created this idea that we can integrate all these things into one wellness approach. And, hey, let's train people to transform their lives. And then they'll probably want to go out into the world and transform other lives, and we'll call them a health coach. Fast forward 30 years later, health coaches are now soon to be covered by insurance. They've become mainstream. They're working in wellness centers and doctor's offices. And the people that actually do the course, uh, 50% of the time, they don't become health coaches. They become wellness entrepreneurs. They become influencers. They they start products. Everybody that's taken the course from Miranda Kerr to Melissa Wood to Bobby Brown have gone on to like amazing things. And so um, it's really evolved into something great. And But the teaching remains the same and it really opens a door to another way of living. For the majority of my adult life, I have been searching for a tasty protein powder. I've been searching for an amazing protein powder, one that doesn't just add protein to my shake, but like adds flavor and creaminess and deliciousness and all those things. And I'm happy to have found that in the Organifi Complete Protein. It's organic, it's vegan, it's also a multivitamin with digestive enzymes, so I kind of like that stack. 20 grams of protein, all in one delicious, easy-to-mix shake. It's got seven superfoods, it's 100% organic, no soy, no whey, and it helps curve cravings. It contains half of the daily recommended value of selenium, vitamin C, D, E, A, and 35% of your daily iron. And all of these vitamins are from whole foods. And so it's got pea protein, quinoa, pumpkin seed, coconut, which contains MCTs, vanilla bean for the vanilla flavor, five different digestive enzymes in every serving. It helps you digest your food, prevent the bloating and the gas, and absorb more of the nutrients that you eat throughout your day. So if you want to save 20% off both chocolate and vanilla, go to Organifi.com slash create the love and Organifi is spelt O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com. So go check it out. Yeah, I love what you're saying about nourishment, right? Like we think of the word nourishment as, as you said, like green juice or like eating a nutrient rich diet and i think i hear you correctly that like your life has to be nutrient rich and nutrients not being defined by something that is food related but actually like everything we consume in our lives or or maybe even just give our attention to is that fair yeah that's really fair i love the way that you say that like you know we're feeding our we're feeding ourselves with just about everything we give ourselves attention to 
kind of like what feeds you, you know, like, are you, you know, you, you and I were talking about shadow worker earlier today, right? And um, kind of what information is feeding you? Are you growing your awareness around these things that may trigger you or the, the work that needs to be done or the openings that allow you to grow? Or are you feeding yourself with, um, you know, Netflix for four hours a night before you go to bed? So it really is about um, what you give your attention to. You're right. What is like when you see people come into the program, what is usually the pain point that they come in with? Like what is usually maybe pain point is the wrong term. Maybe like what are they in search of? Mm -hmm. Well, the healthcare system is broken. Yeah, if you've that's... ever had a real illness and you know I've 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 dealt with a chronic illness for it's not really a chronic illness it was a transverse myelinitis that I had which is basically a a temporary lesion of undiagnosed origin on my spine which created havoc uh and so having to find a neurologist having to find um a primary care doctor a physical therapist an orthopedist like that, yeah, and then having to pay for it, and then no one talks about the food that you're putting into your body or your right. emotional state. Uh, yeah, it's so broken. There's a hundred million Americans with, you know, overweight, suffering from diabetes. It's uh, and no one's talking about, you know, what is the stress in your life that's causing that, or right. perhaps you, you know, what are you eating? So people come with this idea that like, oh my God, the healthcare system's broken. I'm only treating the symptoms. So just give me another drug. Um, which we're not totally against, but listen, food can change everything. Um, and, and when I say food, I mean, what are you consuming mentally and physically? It can really change everything. So people come with this kind of origin of, um, I'm unhealthy and I'm exasperated and I need to do something different. People come with this origin of often feeling disconnected, um, and search of some greater sense of meaning or purpose or, Oftentimes, lately, with this great resignation, people are coming like, I don't want to work the way I've always worked before. Yeah. I want some purpose. I want to be of service. I want to find a job that on Sunday nights I'm not so stressed out about going to on Monday uh, and that I can work for myself. So those are kind of the reasons um, that people go. You know, and then there's one other reason. And it's the sense that there's something more for you in mm. life that you can't really put your finger on. You know that feeling like, I know I'm meant for something more and I just haven't come across it yet. You know, what yeah. is that? You know, like it, they're drawn to this ability to say, perhaps I could open this door and more will open. And and that's what it really does. I love that. That invitation, right, of uh, you and I were talking about that earlier on uh, our, our call for IIN. You know, that, that like nudge from the universe. That's like mm -hmm. it happens maybe through the space of relationship, food, like wherever the gateway is, it doesn't really matter, but it is this. And I think for you listening, like, do you have that feeling of not stepping into an invitation of possible potential? But I think the challenge, and you spoke to it, is like, not just is our healthcare system broken, but even it's not normal to accept the invitation. It's actually normal to function and go, you know, there's a line from Francis Weller where he says the fastest way for the soul to die is to do the same thing from nine to five. And that's true, right? Like when you, when you have this call to like, I think I'm meant to do more, be more, share more, love more. And it doesn't really matter like 
what the gateway, like what the invitation is. It's do you accept it? And I think we keep getting it. Like the invitation comes in all these different forms. And I love that yours doesn't just teach like, because of course food can be a massive gateway because you start to realize like, mm -hmm. wait, I can actually feel good. Yeah. But that you're saying like nutritionally, when you talked about Netflix for four hours before bed, I might consume sometimes one to two hours, some nights. And it really makes me think about how I sometimes feel. And I hate when someone gives me an awareness that kind of smashes me in the eye. But I feel like I just got smashed in the eye of like, oh, just that subtle choice that I think doesn't mean I can't do it sometimes. But if it becomes this habit, what is it pulling me away from? And what is it preventing me from actually creating? Mm. I love the way you position that as the invitation and it's the invitation you could take or not take, right? But right. something you always inside to. of you the, and the universe telling you kind of like, take it, <laughs> hey, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> whisper, whisper, hey, take, hey. take this invitation. And you're like, feel like, boy, maybe I should take this invitation. And sometimes it's like, boy, but something fear, the, you know, like this reluctance to, and I'm going to stay in this comfortable. And we were talking about this earlier again, like this, this comfortability. And yeah. it's also, it's, you know, it's, I, and it's also not prescriptive. And I 100% believe in this in the sense of that it's bio-individual. Just because, you know, you, if you get pure joy and entertainment from watching a bunch of TV at night, go do it. Go do it. Go do it. But if that's all you do, that's a rut, right? It, it broaden yeah. your horizons. Like if, you know, we don't say don't ever eat ice cream again. Don't like, sugar yeah we say you know, sugar probably makes you depressed and does some other things but like listen it's your birthday and you want to have a big cake go get them tiger you know like it's about crowding out now are you having that cake every night for dinner or like on your birthday you know so like maybe you should drink some more water and eat some whole foods and some broccoli more often and so it's a much lighter touch than that but it nudges you into accepting that invitation by showing you how good you can feel mm. when you accept it, even just a little bit. What a key that is when you accept it. Because I feel like some of us are so normalized to not feeling good or normalized to suffering in some sense that the idea of letting yourself feel good or letting yourself receive or step into your possibility is actually the foreign place, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, and I still do it now. I, I know that I could step into a possibility and for some reason, I don't let myself. And maybe it's yeah. too big of a maybe it's too big of a step at the time, and uh, or maybe you know maybe you know maybe small st smaller steps are needed. Um, and that's very much that's very much what the program is. It's it's not to say um, you know tomorrow you will be very strict and perfect. And even when you graduate, it's all experience. Meaning, mm. oftentimes you know you're leading from your experience and you don't have to be perfect. You know, this is something that opens you wide open and then allows you to grow more instead of like, okay, now you have to be perfect. Go out and cure people. It's, it's not <laughs> right. that it's just growth for you. And then within that growth, you can help others grow. Is there a really significant, like I'm sure all the lessons are significant. I'm curious if there's one that comes to mind that you're like, oh, yeah, this one, 
you notice like a huge transformation in people when they go through this specific experience? Mm -hmm. Well, there are a couple. There are a couple really good ones. Um, I'm going to talk about ours first, Mark, because I loved what we just talked about. And so there's this idea that shadow work in particular, and people say, what's shadow work? But people listening to your podcast definitely know what shadow work is. It's the idea that that's too hard or, um, you know, how do I do it? And so identifying that shadow work really allows you to love yourself more uh, and ex radically accept things about yourself and identify them and be aware of them and therefore allows you to have better relationships overall. Kind of your teaching on that was, you know, hands down kind of like an aha moment where you're like, oh, I don't have to be ashamed and afraid of these things that I'm doing. In fact, I have to love them if I'm going to love all of me. So that's one that I absolutely love. And, you know, um, Orville Hendricks also talks about that. Um, and then you have um, other folks in the co course like um, Gabby Bernstein talking about manifestation. Um, Zach Bush talking about kind of this foreign organism that lives in your stomach called the microbiome. Oh yeah, and how, yeah. I love when he starts to talk about the aliens in your stomach. Uh, literally, the <laughs> microbiome and how your connection to nature and kind of these things that are helping you live healthy—just uh, mind blowing. Just mind blowing. Uh, Zach um, is Deepak, Yes, he really is. Um, Deepak Chopra always will blow your mind as he starts, you know, talking about the whole you and the and the in this crazy metaverse before we even start to think about the metaverse um and but i love some of the oldies um the the i call them the ogs of wellness like dr andrew weil mm. and he's what really transformed me when i think when i first started breathing this breathing technique and meditation he has this um uh, this breathing technique um called four seven eight where you breathe in and out a number of times and it's just kind of transforms how you feel and um, these are the type of teachers that you know really get me excited and then other people get super excited by you know all the different dietary theories but so you get to learn all of them so you learn like keto all that kind of stuff yeah yep 100 different dietary theories with the idea that you may go out and coach people in the world or you just may coach yourself or your friends or your community you become a leader, so you should know about all these things uh, because no one person, you know, is the same. You know, like keto may be right for someone and not for someone else. Uh, and we have to give people the space to kind of choose what's best for them based on giving them the information and guiding them. Yeah, it's interesting that most often, you know, I say this as a reflection of previous choices I've made that most often our choices from a dietary perspective are trying to get an outcome and like trying to lose weight or trying to, you know, and we sort of like often adopt the hottest one right now or the one that's most in the news or the one that a new book just came out. Yeah. And I think like I tried being vegetarian for a bit when uh, Kylie and I first started dating. I'll say my motivation was probably uh, to feel maybe more connected with her. And, and I was She's curious a vegetarian. She was, yeah. was key. They usually always were. Uh, and I think what was really 
I remember we, I did it for like six months and I actually felt great. And I got to tell you, it taught me that you can eat vegetables only and they can take taste actually incredible. I grew up in like a Texas of Canada. So it was like steak, potatoes, right. roast beef, you know? Yeah. And I remember being at this taco party after we'd, I'd been eating it for like six months, seven months. And I was standing by myself where all the food was. And there was a bowl of beef, like <laughs> ground beef. And I didn't even realize I was doing it. But in a moment, I just had a spoon in the beef and I was just eating it. And then I just was like, oh, my God, I'm like spoon feeding myself beef. Was and it I delicious go, or terrible? Like, were you so like, so was it like, how good. I missed you? Yeah, yeah, like my body clearly needed it. Yeah. And I went and got my blood done and like I was missing so much of what was in that beef. And it really showed me like what you're saying, like you have to eat for you as opposed to like I was trying to fit into this narrow window. And of course, I think what often gets um, talked about in this sort of vegetarian vegan space is the ethical part of it. But mm-hmm. I was like, man, the more I learn about the universe, the more I'm like, plants got feelings. Like, why all, right. all of a sudden do we think plants don't give a shit about stuff? I've seen those experiments where you like talk positively to a plant versus negatively. 100%. Like, wilts or like expands and grows, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you seen that um, do the same thing with rice and you like to say terrible things and then put it in the dark? The ones that you no. say good things to, like one turns brown and one stays like healthy and white. I, I, this whole, this whole, that whole thing, it, it makes me think about, um, you know, the emotions of it all. What, what we talk about in the course a lot is, um, you know, kind of emotional eating. And, you, you know, I, I am a relationship emotional eater. Oh, yeah. Do you know too. what I mean? If I feel, uh, if I feel something is wrong in a relationship, I, the first thing I do is look for ice cream. Uh, ice cream's the any specific flavor of your choice. <laughs> whatever I can get, but it's like whatever I get. I don't even really know the flavors because I don't even know I'm eating it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't even know that I have stuffed so much ice cream all, like in my freezer and in my mouth that, that all I know is that oh, you know something is upsetting me about this relationship. I find that with uh, salt and vinegar kettle cooked chips. That's like my during the sort of height of COVID. I think I was treating COVID fear of COVID with potato chips, you know, and it's, it shows you how simple it is to go to our vices when we're not sitting in the whatever uncomfortable feeling or like exploring it or distracting ourselves with Netflix or Instagram or whatever it might be, you know, being, you know, again, accepting the invitation. Yeah. Hey, you know, we saw during COVID and now afterwards, as there's a great resignation, a lot of a lot of new students come in. A lot of people wanting to change their life and stuff. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of marriages, right? And a lot of breakups. You know, what did, yeah. what did COVID do for relationships? Well, I think it, because we were staying home, it made us face a lot of shit that we mm. couldn't deal with or ignore it. You know, I think in a lot of ways, I, I haven't seen all the data on what's happened with divorces, but I would imagine they went up in some sense. And, you know, I do know couples who worked through things, felt disconnected prior to COVID, but then having to work together and be at home together really actually worked through things and felt more connected than they've ever been. I think what it really magnified were undealt with things that we either turned towards wanting to resolve or the fact that we've wanted to leave, we then couldn't and then we had to, you know, like right. in some sense. So we were ignoring it and distracted by work and life and never being home and whatever it might be. 
to all of a sudden being like, oh, you know, like either way, we're forced to deal with our shit. And I think that's what COVID has really facilitated in a lot of ways is confronting the fear of death, confronting fear itself. And, you know, not always easy to do, but it certainly has invited us to do that, you know, and, and, you know, like you said, I'm not shocked that people signed up for the program because that really is a pro, you know, I think of choices, it might sound kind of binary and, and maybe a little uh, painfully explicit, but like, I, I remember learning once that choices are either pro-life or pro-death and it's simply that binary. Yeah, I I think um, you have to one hundred percent. You have to make a choice, and like you, it kind of is a kick in the pants. I was just looking at some research, and it's called um, I think a risk averse theory, right? And it's it has this kind of line, and this on the on the downside, people um, are motivated by positivity. Mm-hmm. You will be in love. You will. Um, be happy. You will transform your life. You will do amazing things. Um, but there's four times more motivation by um, risk. If you don't do this, negative things will happen to you. Mm-hmm. If you don't do this, um, you, know, you will be miserable. Whatever it is. So I think that yeah, the last couple of years have you know. I know that I started cooking more and taking more vitamin D and paying more attention to my health Same. because I didn't want I, I didn't I want to protect my immunity as much as possible, whereas before I wasn't. And now I, it's actually a conscious effort to have to keep up with that. Yeah, I'm same. not drinking uh, my apple cider vinegar and taking vitamin D every morning anymore because I've relaxed. And it's like, how do I keep how do I how do I keep the vigilance? Yeah, isn't that interesting? The idea that the avoidance of a negative outcome actually motivates us. I think there's also this line where like fear gets so great that I think of Martin Seligman's work before he started positive psychology, which was his research was in learned helplessness. Like at some point we become so resigned to a feeling or an experience that we just give up. And Mm -hmm. I think we saw both things occur you know, people really step into their power and potential. And then other people continue to take, you know, you see like how much lockdowns shut down business over. And I remember I have a friend who works in the restaurant industry. He's a GM for like seven restaurants. And he said to me, like, at this point, they open up, hire all these people. And then 30 days later, they get shut down again, and they got to fire all these people. And he said, it's like, he just quit because he's like, I can't. It's too much. I, I have no idea what the future holds. I'm painfully signing these people up and then letting them go. And, you know, I think it's so easy to resign to our life circumstances and to feel helpless. And I think we're starting to uh, maybe feel the light or see the light and a breath of it. And then, of course, don't watch the news because the news is just going to keep, you know, that space of helplessness. And I think it speaks to what you said. Like, where is our attention going? And are we choosing to nourish ourselves? And are we actually observing And I'm going to say this as being guilty of it. Like when I was consuming a lot of information, wanting to understand the science of COVID and, and just the different perspectives, I, my heart rate variability dropped significantly. Wow. Um, Yeah. Cause I was just constantly in a state of stimulus of sympathetic overdrive, like protective, vigilant, not to mention the internet hasn't exactly been a safe space for most people to even dialogue or have a conversation. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, um, you know, I think a lot, a lot has changed. It's opened us up to a lot of those, those possibilities and op- opportunities as well. You know, there are, there are real opportunities and that's, you know, not to go back to the court, you know, but that is kind of what my mission is. That's what IN's mission is, is to kind of like recognize that, bring awareness yeah. to that and then open the opportunity of that, that you can like step into that and start working on it. Um, instead of being an actor in the movie, you get to recognize that it's a movie and you're watching it. You know, you, you don't have to. You don't have to be totally consumed by it. You don't have to read every piece of news. You don't have to believe every piece of research um, that you can start to be more aware of, of of the things that you're participating in. I think that's a beautiful outcome to get to, to realize that you're writing the movie, you're directing it, you're participating, you're doing all of it. So what are some of the, like, what are the outcomes that you see people experience and also like when they're done, what can they do? Like, are they certified health coach? Like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of people that just, um, have so much more awareness of what's possible that, um, they feel a relief. Mm -hmm. They feel more in control. Um, they feel like they can create a path for themselves, whether it's around food or, you know, whether it's just around, uh, an awareness of how they're reacting in a relationship, but also, you know, a lot of people go on and say, oh, I'm going to build a business that's in service because that makes me feel great. I need to let other people know about how how impactful this stuff is. So they go into service and whether that's coaching, meaning spreading the ripple effect of health by guiding other people into what you've learned, um, that is a big one that people go on to do. Um, and they feel really empowered and kind of motivated. The community is amazing. So everybody likes to get together the they they um, they strengthen and motivate uh, each other. We we have a huge event that we're doing in May of this year, which a thousand INers will come to Miami Whoa. and and we will we will get all the wellness on. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll get our wellness on. Uh, but there is there's also folks that you know go on a lot of go on to create these wellness businesses, whether it's purely elizabeth that created this awesome brand of healthy foods or sakara life or higher dose oh sakara life and higher dose wow yeah those are both awesome yeah Um, bobby brown and melissa wood they've started their businesses after graduating and then you know there's just thousands of people that go on and and the program really you know it's not your final stop it's your first stop and sometimes that first or your second or your third stop but sometimes it's the stop that you need that takes you to the place that is your real opening right it's the it's the door that you have to open to open up all the other doors is kind of how i explain it so it's a real it's a real opportunity so you know six or 12 months and people spend you know between five and ten hours a week doing it and um and then when they graduate they're you know, a certified health coach, right? And they don't necessarily have to coach. It could have just transformed their lives and they're moving their families and their friends in the right direction. Or they go on and take that knowledge that they have to start informing the world through content or through a product or through a service. That's beautiful. It sounds to me like it's a good 
foundation to like stand upon as you pursue whatever passion and purpose driven life work you want to do. Yeah. I mean, it lends credibility too, because it yeah. is a comprehensive course, right? So that you can actually say, and it, you know, it's not one of these, you know, things that you do for um, three weeks and get a little diploma. You know, it's right. an actual investment in your time and your energy. And, you know, um, so we have, you know, you know, we have folks that, um, that want that credibility because uh, they know that the education will give them the information that they need to be successful and that other people will view that and recognize that they've made that commitment and that investment. Yeah, agreed. And yeah. Okay, well, I mean, I'm, I'm like curious, where do people find more about it then? Where do they go? You can check it out. Well, first follow us at Nutrition School on Instagram. Um, you can follow us on Nutrition School or you can go to Integrative Nutrition, integrativenutrition.com and find out more information. Um, and we have all these admissions representatives. So they're graduates of the program that work for the company. And they are like these super awesome people who you almost get a mini coaching call when you call them um, that that have done the program and have been coaches and and can give all the information you could possibly want if you're interested in doing it. And and also, Mark, anybody that mentions your name um, will get a, get 25% off the program. So uh, that's my sales pitch. I uh, know it's it's yes we'll transform. Who doesn't want a discount? That sounds freaking good. Exactly right. It doesn't hurt if you get some money off too. So all you have to do is kind of either mention you or go to some link that you have or something like that, and we'll do that for them. Yeah, we'll make sure we put the link in the show notes and any code that they might need. And uh, yeah, you get a discount by the way. Now just news in, uh, Jim. Breaking news. I appreciate you sharing this information and. And uh, just the work that you do, because, I mean, everyone I know who's done the program is an incredible human, and it has been a, a platform or a foundation to a lot of the work they do. Uh, thanks for having me on today. I really appreciate it. I love talking about this business uh, and always love talking to you. Yeah, right back at you, sir. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. If this episode resonated with you, one of the best ways to support the show is to go subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any more. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to it, or share the episode with your community on Instagram or whatever social place you like to hang out. This helps get it into more people's ears, and I'm so grateful for your support, always. Thanks again for tuning in. Much love.